When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, motherfucker! What are you looking at, sir? I'm looking at you, miss. Run that, baby. I'm not the Zodiac. And if I was, I certainly wouldn't tell you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Decade Project. This is the One Hit Minute Productions Patreon, uh, at least exclusive to begin with, uh, podcast. I'm your host, Blake Howard. We go back a, a, a 10 years in a rolling view. So if you haven't realized, we've been doing 2013 and 2023, and we are absolutely, I have a complete list here, actually probably more movies than we could possibly cover in 2024 for 2014. So many great movies there. But we're in a our last stretch of 2013. This is the third time that I've tried to sit down to record with one of my favorite human beings of all time. And we've had so much fun talking and just gas bagging and catching up that this is the third time it's taken us to actually hit record rather than just talk at each other because we can do that um, for hours and hours. He is absolutely one of the most talented screenwriters and writers going around his book everybody knows is out now all around the world it is so fucking unputdownable and unbelievable that the other day i was just laying down i thought i'll read a chapter or two and after about 120 pages i was like this is one of the greatest things i've ever read i love him you love him it's the great jordan harper Hey, everybody. It's so good. To, I mean, it's great to see you. Great to talk. But yes, it's great that you finally hit the record button. <laughs> yeah. We were starting to slip away. I could feel it. Like, with one more minute, it's like, fuck it. No, nah, we don't have enough time to do this. So the film, before we get chatting, you guys are going to listen to a trailer from a British crime drama directed by David McKenzie from 2013. A terrific cast a kind of forgotten gem from 2013. It is starred up. Eric Love, 19. He's starred up, Mom. I'm going to tell you something, all right? This is no young offender's turnout. You have to behave, because I will kill you. Kids causing issues, you know what's necessary. In case you haven't fully appreciated, I am his father. You have to help him. Big rat. So this is where you open up to me and build trust. 
He's suffered enormous emotional trauma. It's not always possible for you to be there to protect him. Right, Jordan Harper, Jack O'Connell, Aussie Ben Mendo Mendelssohn, Rupert Friend. This is a terrific movie about violence, about fatherhood, about redemption, and about trying to actually be rehabilitated. And it's such like for a little movie, it's like I'm just trying to see what 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 our runtime is here because I know that you love a tight ninety. It's not a long movie. It's actually quite a brief and 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 sort of skips right by you. Tell me about why you selected Startup as a 2013 like must rewatch flick. I, mean, I think you know, like you said, it's it's sort of been lost in the in the haze these days. It's it's an absolutely excellent prison film, which is. A, uh, a movie genre with a like a storied history I and mean, there are so many great uh movies in that genre it's it's a very cheap kind of movie to make because you know you're one set you know one location yeah. yes um you know you're not going a lot of places you're in the prison and and you know i don't know how it is in the uk or uh, but like uh in america there's lots of old prisons you can film in because they, they like to build new ones and uh pay off people you know with construction bids and whatnot <laughs> so there's a lot of old prisons sitting around that we can film in um and it is also uh you know the kind of violence that only happens it's it's a freedom that happens in the cage right because um we have this like paradox that is the heart of the prison film that is uh, it's a tightly controlled environment where anything can happen yes and um and that makes for a terrific filmmaking but this one particularly and i don't remember how i found it i did i did not see it in a theater um i definitely caught this online or on a dvd possibly um and uh but the it's just the announcement of uh, one well it's the announcement of a major talent which is jack o'connell and then for me personally, I can only say for me, it was the announcement of the second one, which is Ben Mendelsohn. Yes. Uh, this was the first time I'd ever seen Ben Mendelsohn in anything. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And uh, and between the two of them, it is such an amazing, amazing, you know, powerhouse performances on both sides of this father-son dichotomy that it just, it, this film is, it just crackles from basically, you know, you, you do the beginning is Jack O'Connell getting processed in. And you've seen that as the opening of, a million every, of these crimes. Every films. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the with the bend over and the cough. And this one gets fairly graphic. They do, you know, you can you can they don't show the insertion, but there is an insertion of fingers into Jack O'Connell in the opening two, three minutes of this film. But like <laughs> yes. um and and so you know he he does this performance that um I think we talked about that. Well, when we were going to record last time, we we might have started to talk about this. There's sort of a requirement for a certain type of male actor where you have to very early in your career do a performance of unbridled violence. Yes. Um, and, you know, oftentimes and weirdly, that will be uh, perhaps you have to play a Nazi skinhead early yep. in your career. And the, the list Russell, Russell Crowe, you need to play a psychopathic serial killer. It's a very Australian thing to do, like Eric Banner and Chopper. Yeah, 
Chopper, you, yeah, exactly. Russell Crowe and uh, and Romper Stomper, uh, Ryan Gosling in The Believer, uh, Edward Norton in American History X. That was really the announcement of him as a major actor. I think. Uh, yes, I, I'm not sure. I, I think he surprised up. a bunch of people with Primal Fear, but when he did American History X, it's like, oh no, he's one. He's the guy. He's one yes. of the guys. Yeah. So we we like an actor who can can do that role, and it's a, an often a very sexualized role. Um, you know, we do tend to kind of build a fetish around the the muscular violent man um now that i say this you'll never unsee it a lot of those movies there will be a sex scene and the sex scene will always be doggy style yes um, because this is an animalistic <laughs> man uh you see it in romper stomper you see it in american history, history x. x um and that's a letterbox list that we need <laughs> <laughs> If ever we needed a letterbox list uh, of those, uh, I'm gonna, I might have to start putting that together. <laughs> but it, you know, we require um, our movie stars at some point to shave their heads, essentially, and yes. become this like quasi-fascist or proto-fascist brute. Um, and you know, I, I won't say that I don't enjoy these movies. I do. I did look how many I just listed. You know, uh, there is something compelling about it, and there is something very closely related to the ability to play that and to play what will make you a successful movie star in the current system. And I think, well, I know that when I saw this film, I thought this was the announcement of a major movie star in the form of Jack O'Connell. And I'm not insulting the man when I just say, play that, like that has not occurred. Um, and I, you know, he has a career and I'm not, and I think the, the landscape of Hollywood also changed. Um, but he was, the, he was the next one in line. I yes. think Jordan, that's the, he's the lost one where, you know, you and I've talked about this a lot and I know you said it, he's just like, and, and the perfect example is someone like Ben Mendelsohn, if you'd never seen him, because he really, you know, he was a, 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 he was a young guy who had had immense talent and then also like an immense lack of impulse control and had been a guy that dabbled in drugs an alcohol and wasn't ever really reliable. And he was always a huge talent in Australia. And I think everyone knew that he was that guy. But then once he sort of got his life together um, and it really kickstarted with like people being reintroduced to him internationally in animal kingdom, Ben Mendelsohn starts popping up in lots of things like big, small, you know, huge action movies, etc. Marvel movies, Star Wars movies, like mm -hmm. he's around. And then, but at the same time, he's being utilized, you know, in like killing them softly by Andrew Dominic. And like, he's kind of gets the, the localized, like we love you. And then he goes and does like a Nolan movie and a Marvel movie and this. And so people are like, you know, they're so familiar with Mendo and have like a, a real love for him. But we talk about a lot as like, you can't make a guy like Mendo in a traditional acting town. You know, you can't, right. you have to, his mileage that's on his face is 95% of his raw power is just there. Like he's, He's had mileage, he's been hurt, he's failed, and he just has access to so much of that so that whenever you put him in these really tense roles, there is just this boundless kind of under underbelly, this sort of like this chasm that he's working from that he brings into all these characters. So wonderful. And Jack O'Connell is exactly that guy. Like there's a couple of movies he does this, he does Unbreakable. It's almost like this is the next guy that's going to get it. And then for whatever reason, this cresting 2013 is also like the cresting dominance of streaming and he doesn't get those same movie huge movie options that then make him ubiquitous and a huge star he kind of is just around he does a war movie does a prison movie and you're like all right this is the next guy and since then 
he's terrific in everything you see him in, but he's not nearly seen as much as we would like to see him. Well, I think that's right. And, and I think because he is rough hewn in, in a way that is very attractive, but it's yes. not Marvel movie attractive. He is yes. not that kind of sandblasted, <laughs> vaguely sexless attractive that, that, that a lot of those guys are. Um, and I, by the way, speaking of, I have not watched it yet, but I, I have heard recently a lot of people talking about him because of uh, Lady Chatterley's Lover. Yes, um, I haven't that seen that I, either. I haven't. I, w- I will watch it. Um, but I think that and and rewatching it now, and I don't think I have and seen he's it. in a he's in Ferrari. Oh, he is in Ferrari. Great. Yeah, like I'm like he's a he's definitely got that Michael Mann guy vibes about him. Yes, that's for sure. Oh, well, that's good. You haven't seen Ferrari yet, have you? No, Jordan, I haven't. Sorry, because I this backward fucking country that I live in uh, has not sorted out the release yet. And so I I sit here like a coiled spring hearing all of the people <laughs> that are my friends. Uh, we Maybe the only exception being you, but like so many people in the States have like, oh, I've seen Ferrari and everyone does the thing, which is an honor, is like they email me and go, have you seen Ferrari? Like, are you going to talk about Ferrari? Like, what do you think of Ferrari? They want to know. And I'm like, I would love to tell you, but probably I'm going to get a neon DVD box set of screeners at some point. And I, that's the first time I'm going to see it. I'm not even going to see it on the big screen first, you know, like that's what's going to happen. Isn't it funny what people will, uh, you find out who you are by what causes people to email. Like when you get five messages on the same topic from five different people. And yes. for you, it's, it's Ferrari for me. Uh, yesterday or the day before, there was a news article about how four uh, L.A. Sheriff's Department uh, deputies uh, committed suicide on the same day. Um, and uh, oh. they claim it's not related. We'll see. But that news article broke. I got tagged in it three different times <laughs> on Twitter. I had three DMs from people going, did you see this? And I've already, I, I tell you, I have the idea for a book that would probably get me you know, canceled. Uh, in, in America anyway, but uh, you know, it's a great title for a book that nobody's used yet is Suicide by Cop. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, that's a, ve- uh, that's a very Jordan Harper book title, isn't it? Though, isn't it though? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, I actually, yeah, the idea of the uh, the why did four policemen kill themselves on the same day mystery is uh. That might be good. That's in the hopper right now. But anyway, it's funny what people uh, tag us. But um, well, I'm glad he's in that. And, and you know, he's not. He's also still very young. Yes. Um, he's a young man, so it's not over for. And it's never no. He it, it's, it's not. It's not. It's it's never going to be over. But it's just he's. I feel like it's just going to take him slightly longer than that traditional path of having like a breakout performance and then being a guy that is relied upon in some of these bigger movies because he is grittier and he does have a, a, a you know um that kind of grime on him. And I just remember speaking of the times that we saw it. So this is obviously a 2013 movie. I'm just going to go back um, to 2013 because he's done a lot of things, but just like lots of comparatively smaller parts. Um, But it was around this time. So he does start up 2013, does a war movie called 71. um, Oh, sorry. Not technically a war movie. um, 71. uh, Oh, let me have a look. 71 is... Oh, it's a British soldier um, following his unit on a uh, on a riot in Belfast. So you know, set there, which is um, really terrific. I, you know, tech, it's got uh, Sean Harris, who was later a villain in Mission Impossible. But I remember actually a good friend of mine, Garth Franklin, saw Startup 
in 2013 and I'm not sure how he saw it. I missed it on the big screen. And he was like, this movie is amazing. And this kid, Jack O'Connell is amazing. And then I remember catching it on DVD and maybe it was 2014 was the first time that I saw it, but yeah, very, you know, he's, he's, he's a guy who's been in lots of movies, been with lots of big filmmakers and, you know, there's definitely uh, a time for him to be massive um, uh, in everyone's conception of him. And I think he deserves that. He's got a couple of upcoming movies as well, but yeah, looking forward to seeing, um, uh, seeing him in Ferrari. Uh, yeah. And, and, and I, you know, I, I would love to cast him in something. I've tried to cast him in stuff in the past and not been able to, but um, you know, and, and rewatching this film and I hadn't, I don't think I'd seen it since probably saw it the first time in 2014. Um, and I will say, I really do think it's these two performances. The direction is very good. Um, but I think it's the two performances that make this movie special um, with all due respect to the screenwriter oftentimes in the scenes I was thinking about what it would look like on the page. Yes. And I'm not sure that, that the script is that strong on the page. There's a lot of preachiness, if I'm yes. being totally honest. Um, yes. And it's probably, it's mostly preachiness that I personally politically agree with, but like you can see it in yes. a way that is like pretty strong. Um, there's some really interesting stuff in it. You know, if anybody doesn't know the plot and you should totally watch this movie and spoilers aren't really the thing to worry about with this film is, is, it is a a young man starred up in the in the British prison system is when a young violent offender is brought up to adult prison when because he's uh, so violent he's so violent because, in yeah. the juvenile system that they can't contain him or they can't control him so they bring him into the next layer up it's uh it's the worst form of graduation possible yes <laughs> and it, it's truly terrifying and, and and Jack O'Connell does a good job of being very frightening. Although my impression is he's probably not actually physically that large a man. Um, he doesn't, neither have been Mendelssohn though. Like they, no. um, they, they both just managed to, to sell you on their, their, their like kind of Wolverine-esque violence. Um, but this is, so this is young man who is, is starred up into a, a high security prison in the UK. And uh, you learn very quickly that his, his biological father, Ben Mendelssohn, is on the ward as well. And they do not have a good relationship. Ben Mendelssohn is not a good father. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then the, it is the story of, of Ben Mendelssohn trying and flailing to be a father while Jack O'Connell kind of flails about to just even will he be able to stay alive for the amount of violence that is bubbling out of him. And, uh, you know, that's basically, that's the linchpin of the story. Ben Mendelssohn is the second in command of the prison yes uh, uh i can't remember the name of the uh the big man uh it's a good performance Uh, it's 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 played so I think so the the big guy the boss Dennis um is I'm just trying to find who that actor is oh my gosh yeah he, he doesn't make the list here online when I'm yeah because the, to the this is so annoying like IMDB sort your life out like he's one of the main characters of the movie and he's like not even there because he is, it's not Spencer. Is it? Oh my God. This is, I mean, this is terrific. Yes. It's Peter, Peter Ferdinando is the great, okay. he plays Dennis Spencer. Who's the boss. He's great as well. I mean, yeah, he's terrific. There's a lot of very good performances in this movie, but, um, 
Uh, but it, you know, it, he he exists to be the threat that must eventually be confronted. Um, and you know, I think what that's what makes this movie so interesting is there's plenty of prison movies that have a surrogate father. Yes. Uh, scenario. The one that comes immediately to mind for me is Animal Factory, the yeah. Steve Buscemi film uh, that I quite like. Uh, it's a it's a weird little movie. But, it's weird. Uh, it's weird, but it's still got you know. I think if you're a fan of this very violent subgenre, um, yeah, it's one of the good ones. Yeah, it's got a it's got a very good Willem Dafoe performance in it, um, and an absolutely unhinged cameo from. Uh, Mickey Rourke, <laughs> yes. um, that that is worth the price of admission. Um, Mickey Rourke but, uh, only giving unhinged cameos in his later career. It's a good call. It's a good call. I think he should only be hired for unhinged cameos. I know that you're, you know, <laughs> I know you're working on some stuff. See if there's an unhinged cameo performance for a Mickey Rourke to pop in. I would be so lucky. You know what I, mean? <laughs> yeah, I would be yeah. so lucky. I would love to. I would absolutely love to do that. Um, but um. You know, but I do think it's, you know, the movie is very solid. It's a little, like I said, the beats of a prison movie can feel very constrained. You've seen a lot of these things before. Is there going to be a threat to a person's, you know, uh, is there going to be a, sex, a threat of sexual violence? There will be, you know. Is, <laughs> yeah. is somebody going to make a knife out of uh, household implements? They will. Yeah, you the know? 100%. Like, um, is there going to be some kerfuffle over drug dealing and smuggling drugs? And there will be. Um, is there going to be a power struggle? Yes, is there going to be a power struggle? Are the guards going to be perhaps less than sympathetic and in fact perhaps <laughs> be responsible for the violence that ends up spinning out? They will be. And and like, and again, like that's fine. Like tropes are tropes and genres are fun. And and you know you you don't want to see the one where the the warden is super sympathetic and the guards are all crazy no that, that one yeah. sucks um, I, I like i like wardens being this is the other thing in the genre i like wardens being shits too i really like guards i i like the detail because usually guards are <coughs> sadistic freaks often um mm -hmm. there is sometimes that one sympathetic guard but i do like um particularly in startup i think they do a really good job of like there is a power structure in the prison that the guards fall in line with and the implication because it's not necessarily spelled out but the implication is most definitely that there is a benefit you know i love that that line from the departed from alec baldwin qui bono and he asked mm -hmm. matt, matt damon and matt damon replies qui gives a shit it's got a <laughs> yeah. fucking bow on it like but qui bono is who benefits right and who benefits is if they're working for that prison person that 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 prison personality that criminal personality they're being paid off they're being bribed they've got you know there is a benefit for them doing it rather than you know just sadism or falling in line i think that the, the implication works really well here no i i agree and and it, it it all just leads to again this like texture that is is very familiar in in some ways and unique uh this was an interesting movie for me i i, I wrote a novel that will never be published um my very first novel uh, called sometimes called Dirt Nap Avenue, uh, or the Cool Hand War. It had a lot of titles. Um, I like Dirt Nap Avenue. Though. That's good. Yeah, right. It was like all, everything took place on Napoleon Avenue, but it was the bad part. So that's where you called it Dirt Nap Avenue. It was all set in St. Louis. But I had probably based on the fact that I had seen a fucking Guy Ritchie movie. I had <laughs> named. I I had all these like St. Louis gangsters, and I had one guy named English, and he was British, and, <laughs> and he was just such. Again, I wrote this in my twenties, and and it was a very um, cliched, you know. I'd never uh, 
met a British gangster or anything approaching that. Um, but one piece you, but you know that, what? When you talk about a Jordan Lewis novel that's called Dirt Nap Avenue that has some Lewis gangsters, I mean, maybe dust that bad boy off and fucking clean her up and, you know, like, you know, <laughs> get, apply your current contemporary brain to that. I'd fucking read that in 10 minutes. <laughs> I I think I might have a copy of it somewhere. Uh, Jed Harris has read it. He's one of the three people on the planet. <laughs> He but, loves. Um, it. I bet. I bet you it's his his favorite of yours. Probably Jed's that probably. kind. Jed loves that. Uh, but um, but you know, there's a there's a thing that I had dug up that it was in the book that makes an appearance in this, which is in in U- the UK they have a thing called sugaring, mm. which is where they take hot water and mix it with sugar. Uh, oftentimes they'll have like tea kettles on the even mm-hmm. in a prison that you got to have their fucking tea because they're British. Um, and so they'll have hot water kettles and they will make a paste out of sugar and hot water and they'll make like, like, to- like toffee. Yeah. 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 It's like making and, hot toffee. Yeah. And they'll use it as a weapon. And I, that, that gets at least mentioned in this. I can't remember if somebody actually, I think it's, it, and somebody. it's in, I can't remember. It's in a recent Australia. I don't know if it's an Australian prison film, but yes, it, that happens. I'm trying to remember what film it was, but yeah, that's, it, that, yeah, it's, um, you know, cause if you've ever gone to make homemade toffee, it is just sugar and water and boiling it. Yeah. until it, it until it caramelizes and then it's it is the most dangerous thing in your kitchen your children are not allowed to enter the vicinity just in case they touch it because then it's like you know catastrophic burns instantaneously i uh I, and the, again this book will never be published i took so many swings the bad guys were bosnian gangsters uh who were survivors <laughs> of the and i'm gonna butcher this name so i apologize of survivors of the sabrinica massacre um <laughs> And one of them had 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 their face melted off by the, you know, <laughs> uh, Serbs with sugar and water. So there was this like I don't know why we're talking about this at this point, but I, this is great. I love I, this. Yeah, I, I love this. This is my favorite digression with you with my friends who are <laughs> talented authors. I'm like fucking. I love it. Yeah, let's dig under the hood. Unpublished. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I some things. Uh, Sometimes dead is better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's a great Jordan Harper title. Sometimes uh, dead is better. <laughs> they, it's a it, what's it, it's a pet cemetery. Yeah. It's yeah. Sometimes dead is better. Okay, yeah. That's a terrible main <laughs> accent, but that's what I was going for. Um, you know, the, you know, this movie. The other thing that's interesting. So usually it's like a um, you know, there will be a father figure. Um. In everything from this to like was an animal factory and profit, there's sort of a, a father figure or two. Um, but it's never explicit. It's never actually the father, which is what makes this really interesting. And, and and so, you know, a lot of these movies are, you know, they're like they're fake father relationships. And, and you know, we we're talking about like how this one, because he's his biological father, there's like this this like rawness to the emotions that 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 a normal prison film will never let you get to because there's always going to be, you know, kind of a lid on these things. So, yes. you know, uh, an animal factory, there's, the, the, they have this, this very touching relationship, but like, it's all on what's unsaid. And this one takes it all the way it can to the point of like the, like the Freudian, the Oedipal yes. moment of, of Jack O'Connell literally getting into a fist fight with his father. Um, and what's interesting about it is that. Can I just, the end can- of- yeah, yeah, can I touch on one thing before it's not the end of the movie? Because obviously you're talking about climactic thing. The other thing that I love that is less touched upon in American prison films, but is 
implicit. Uh, like I think it's implicit in American um, uh, prison films, and it's impli- and it's explicit in Startup. Is it is so much more underscored that isn't it? Isn't it evident of class disparity and almost like the likelihood of you being an offender if your parent is an offender? And in English literature, that that class is such a huge aspect of what they're talking about. And I think that in American films, maybe it's because they're more like egalitarian and hopeful at, as a philosoph from a philosophical point of view that you don't talk about it. But it's like when you see that a father and a brother and a blah, it's you know, outside of the mafia or outside of like, you know, those sorts of things, they don't talk about it. But I'm like, that's what's so key is like, of course, Eric, who's Neville's son, so Jack O'Connell, Ben Mendelssohn's son is way more likely to be a violent offender if his dad is a fucking lifer. Like it's almost certainty. He has an absent father. They're from low socioeconomic background. They're, you know, and that's when, when I think that when you're talking about those climactic moments, even though it's not the climax of the movie, why it feels so strong to me is that exact reason. It's like, of course, like I, you know, there was a brief time where I was teaching, you meet kids and if kids have got trouble in their family, you have no idea. You can't even fathom it until you're standing in front of these kids every day. If their parents are violent or the parents are, have, you know, have these, you know, in Australian language, you say dodgy. That's like the nicest way we can say potentially criminal behavior that is happening in and around their families. You see kids and you look at them and you know that there's like some dodginess, you know, that there's this absence, you know, that parents who are careless or laissez-faire with their kids and not giving them that attention and focus and nurturing them through that really pivotal stage. It makes fucking everything infinitely harder. They can't regulate their emotions. They can't do that. So that's why Jack is an extreme because his dad was probably violent and he was exposed to him at a young age as a violent individual. And he was around it. And of course that's the only way that he knows how to act so that it almost like Neville Ben Mendelsohn's character has put Jack on a collision course. So Eric on a collision course with him because of that. And I think that none of this is explicit. It's just kind of like in the characters. And that's what I think is also driving it. And I think why it's so powerful and memorable for me. No, it's, it's true. And and there is at one point in the movie, there's sort of a a just so story of, uh, of how Jack O'Connell got to be this violent that involves a, a predator and, and, and sexual violence and things like that. But, I do think you're right to kind of like uh, that the, the the real story is that daddy wasn't there. You know, that that they they were a single a single mom. I don't think they were ever married. I'm, I don't think uh, yeah. Ben Mendelsohn and the mom and, and he wasn't around. And if Jack O'Connell was put in danger by other people, it was because his dad wasn't around. And um, and yeah, so there is like a very heavy class element. That, and you're right that there's just this assumption that uh, this is all he was ever going to be. Um, but and I'm going to talk about the end of the movie now, just because I think it's 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 kind of the, the what really makes the movie special outside of these intense performances, and that the performances make this is that you know there is the fist fight between the two of them, but that's not the end of the film. The end of the film is when uh, they embrace and yes. they weep, uh, and 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 Jack O'Connell, due to the machinations of the plot and violence, is, is reduced to essentially a crying baby um and that ben mendelson holds him this like big mean tough guy and he holds him and cradles him and i think he might literally say daddy's here i don't remember <laughs> if he does or not but it, that's the vibe and that's the, the the tone of it and um 
and it's so it's so not the ending of one of these movies no um that and the, you know these movies always traffic in the the myth of the alpha male which you know alpha male is a, is a term that has completely uh dominated our culture and it is people will use it with a straight face they'll use it like it's a real thing that occurs and and i don't know if you you know this but alpha males don't exist in the wild the alpha male is <laughs> a a concept that was created by people observing wolves in captivity so in captivity this uh, you know these special circumstances of wolves in cages there will be this new kind of brute power based hierarchy that arises but it's because they're in this unnatural position. Uh, nobody ever says that when they talk about alpha males. They they treat it like a natural thing. They're obviously the biggest and the baddest and the meanest and the strongest. That's who rules. And, and and in our cultures, it's been adopted by a certain kind of bro element where it's like, oh, you're an alpha, you're a beta. Yes. It's like, if you're even saying that, get away from me. Like, just and, get away from me. And, and again, it's, it's a totally Because you can't be a tough guy if you are talking that shit. You're no. not tough. No. If you've and, met and, like what we would consider an alpha or someone who is dangerous and violent, or maybe they're just like, you know, there's a couple of different connotations with it. But if you consider like an alpha guy as like really tough and mean and whatever, and like badass, they don't say shit. No. This they're, they're just fucking scary. And you know, you can, they can, they almost like change the chemical composition. You can smell them. You sit next to them. You're like, what, why do I smell like burning? Why do I um, why do you what why is that? Yes. There's you know, again, it gets to this idea that that like that that is some kind of meaningful thing and it, it might makes right. Um, mm. you know, people talk about survival of the fittest as an open-ended thing without ever thinking that like, you know, in a cave, a naked mole rat is more fit than a tiger is. You know, they, they think <laughs> there's some kind of like raw number that means fitness and and again it's all connected to this this dumb idea that came out of captivity so prison is actually a place where you see it but the yes. the point is is that this movie takes you down that road and it does thrill you with the violence of jack o'connell and and you know there's there's so much to love about it. and then at the end of the movie it is willing to push all that aside and say no wounded little baby man who has intense guilt about not being there for his son and and is capable despite all his protestations that's not really how you say that, but whatever. Um, <laughs> that he is in fact capable of love and being a father and, and all of that. And and that's so off kilter for where you think the movie is going. Uh, and it's really beautiful. And and it really is like kind of the cherry on top of this this very underrated and underseen movie uh, directed by, we don't think we even said, David McKenzie. Uh, yeah. Hell or High Water, a lot of other uh, very good movies. But um, it's really well done and and it's very much, worth watching and now i you know you said this was part of this project now i'm curious to go look at what other movies were 2013 but um yeah uh, 2013 has been uh it's been a super fun year to talk about and in the year um and folks would have heard it we did uh her we've done mystery road prisoners wolf of wall street trance pain and gain gravity inside lewin davis Bling Ring is coming up, The Hunt, um, and there's a couple more this year. And then in 2014, it's a massive year, like Nightcrawler, um, which I'll very likely speak yeah. to you about. Um, yeah. uh, Nightcrawler, Ex Machina, Boyhood, Edge of Tomorrow, uh, Chef, Mommy, 
um, mm. which is the Xavier Dolan film, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, Gone Girl, Interstellar, a banger year. And there's probably a heap of the under the line ones as well. So I'm really looking forward to this project doing it because it feels like this is our anchor project for Patreon um, where we get to talk about these things. And then I kind of unleash them to the world over the Christmas break so that I can have a break and recharge and refresh. Um, but uh, yeah, so that, you know, uh, I, I really, it's been a really super fun project because I feel like exactly as we've done, like you get to dig under, like, you know, Outlaw King was another one from David McKenzie. Hello High Water, obviously startup was just before that. Um, he did the mini series under the banner of heaven, which is pretty terrific as oh. well. Um, but yeah, so, you know, again, a really, um, you get to sort of go back and, uh, and, and map out who, who is doing what for that. I actually already have your name next to Nightcrawler on my list in my notebook right now. So that, that would feel criminal if I didn't uh, do it, that. The but... brand is strong. The brand is strong. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, look, man, I love talking to you, um, so much. Thank you so much for doing another pod. Um, how is the sequel to everybody knows coming along? Cause, uh, I want to read it like yesterday. Well, that's just rude, man. It's, rude. Um, <laughs> it's going. It's a you know a, a first draft is is completed. Yes, I, uh, I am. I am working my way through the second draft is where I do the hard work. Yes. So um, I'm you know just kind of wrestling my way through a second draft and uh, TV stuff, which hopefully we can talk about in public soon. I would love. Uh, yeah. Well, I I've been dancing around that for some time because I know that we're not technically allowed to talk about it, but. Thank God, you know, as we're talking about this, SAG uh, has uh, has got an agreement, uh, yes. and, and you know, Union Strong Solidarity, you Absolutely. guys in the Writers Guild did amazing work, and then SAG came through, supported you guys. You both been, you know, jointly in this together. And uh, someone tweeted the other day, I'll try and find it, that the casting announcements and announcements of shows and projects is going to be biblical, uh, which I think is correct and uh one of yes. those biblical announcements is some of the stuff that you've been working on and well, we're working yeah. on pre-strike too you started pre-strike and then everything shut down and now you guys are back in full swing which is super exciting yeah and, and there's one that actually uh we can talk about that uh, they made the formal announcement last week or the week before which is the she ride shotgun movie looks like it's almost certainly happening yes um, with nick Rowland, the irish director um made a very good little irish crime film called uh, all calm with horses forgive me yeah. Yeah. Uh, calm with horses. I almost said all the pretty horses. <laughs> Dorothy, um, with Taryn Edgerton uh, attached to play uh, Nate, and uh, he's a talent. I, he's a he's, he's an immense talent. talent. And and look, I can't. Um, I, I I don't really know a lot. I I have written a draft of the screenplay. There are other writers who've written drafts. I don't know, you know how it's come out in the wash, but uh, I'm very excited about it. And while it has not started filming, and as we know in today's Hollywood, nothing is certain until, <laughs> frankly, until it's out. In the theaters, <laughs> yes. um, it looks very good. Uh, all signs point to yes, and I can finally publicly talk about that because there's been an announcement. Um, and you know, hopefully, there's more announcements that I can talk about in the future. Can't wait. You're the best. Thank you so much. Right, and anytime, um, like anytime. and. And you know, yeah, you know, it's it's actually it's hard for me not to just go to my friends who I love talking to, um, um, and incredibly hard for me to actually get a recorded conversation with Jordan because we so just like, yep, empty out everything that's happening in our minds. It's probably not suitable for recording, um, but it's uh, yeah, um, man, thank you so much for doing this. It's been such a treat, um, and I actually have to talk to you about something that I'm working on next year that, um, we will talk about when it actually happens for listeners, but I have to talk to you about it really quickly um, before um, I let you go. So I'm going to end the show right now. Ooh, secrets. Secrets.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.